Hey everyone, welcome to Bible and Breakfast. I'm really excited for our guest today. Uh, his name is Michael Schlacht, and he is the manager for the Missoula Paddleheads uh, minor league baseball team. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. I'm really glad to be here. Um, it's been fun following along with what you're doing as well. and It's just a really cool platform, and um, I'm just blessed to be a part of it. Yeah, I appreciate it. And you, you know, obviously on uh, for people who follow you on Twitter or, you know, once people listen to this episode and, and kind of hear your story and, and hear what you're doing, um, you're you're a great follow as well. And I know you're encouraging a lot of players, a lot of coaches, uh, myself included. But I want to just kind of start today asking you a little bit about your background and, and your story. Um, if you can share a little bit about, you know, your faith and how that's kind of uh, played a part in your journey as a baseball coach and your journey uh, kind of through what you're doing now. Yeah, so, I mean, I grew up um, in Atlanta, Georgia, in a suburb just northwest, and, you know, baseball was always my thing. It's what I played, um, and I was lucky enough to have a uh, really good upbringing. Um, it wasn't necessarily in church. Um, I was actually bar mitzvahed at 13, and, uh, you know, so I had this sort of trajectory that my parents followed, and uh, the intersection of like my faith came at the same time that I met my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and she invited me to a church camp. And it was a situation where I didn't really know what I was getting into. I just knew that I wanted to chase, so to speak, this pretty girl around. And I knew she was special and, and church camp was one of those things. And, you know, following her, trying to, I guess, impress her or. <laughs> spend more time with her ended up you know that's where god reached me yeah church, church camp's the place to do that so yeah and i became a christian there and then it set off a journey all the way through today where i'm still trying to follow jesus and do the best that i can and i'm trying to realize that this platform that i have isn't for me um even though it's a neat one and i enjoy it it's really for others. And so it's been a big blessing, but I, I was drafted out of high school. I played 10 seasons in the minors and a couple of injuries ended my playing career. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do next. Um, but I had a couple of former coaches that saw leadership slash coaching skills in me and pushed me to kind of join their staff and it gave me a start in coaching and I realized right away that if, if I knew how fulfilling that job was and if I knew how cool it was to give back, I would have stopped playing and started coaching a lot sooner. So, hmm. you know, it took some less than ideal situations. It took some injuries and it took some heartache and setbacks and not knowing what I wanted to do for God to come into that place and, push me towards coaching, you know, and, and, and it took this sort of less than, I guess, glamorous situation where I was just like wanting to follow my girlfriend. I was wanting to spend more time with her. It wasn't like I was already going to church. And then I was able to, to find God there. He met me there and it set off this really cool journey. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And obviously, you know, it's been really cool to see how God has used you as a coach. And it's really it's neat to hear you say that if you would have known how fulfilling it was that you would have left playing earlier to become a coach. But, um, I, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, you're, you're the manager of the Paddleheads. You just completed your first season. And I believe you just signed a six-year extension, if I'm not wrong. So obviously, you're doing something right, and you're doing a really good job with that. Uh, so congratulations uh, from that aspect. But Thank you. As, as you were taking over, you know, back in the spring, I know you were, uh, you had some health issues with with your heart and some things that that kind of gave you a scare and maybe uh, made that first first year as a manager uh, with the Paddleheads a little different than you expected. But can you talk a little bit about uh, that heart disease and that? Uh, that health issue that you had and kind of what trials that brought you and how you, how you kind of navigated through that throughout the season. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm still walking through that. Um, basically like the night before we were supposed to leave for Missoula, I was sitting on the couch and <clears throat> just felt like my heart started racing beyond anything I've ever felt before. And I wasn't really sure what was going on. Um, you know, I had felt a little off for a few days before that, but didn't really, pick up on much and then it just started getting irregular so I finally told my wife that I needed to go to the emergency room and I was immediately admitted to the hospital went through tests for a day or two finally ended up having to have a procedure called a cardiovert where they shock your heart back into rhythm uh, and it was determined that I had atrial fibrillation and uh, it was just interesting you know I, I I've never had an, a heart issue before um, I went, you know, I've had physicals every year for baseball nothing ever pops up, nothing ever shows up. And then, you know, seemingly in a 24 hour span in May, it all of a sudden decided to show up and. Did, did that world you know, it... upside down for a little yeah. bit? We, we didn't know what was going on. I'm in the hospital and I'm, you know, they're here at home because you can't have visitors. Um, hmm. No one can really figure out what happened. And then I end up having to have a procedure. And so, you know, I'm, I, it's in rhythm as we speak. It's something that I realize that I have to live with. And it's a situation where it was eye-opening more than anything. It was this this time where God said, you are very vulnerable and I'm in control. And you don't own anything. I feel like, you know, those are the messages I was getting where it's like you almost get comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that God always does that to people. But I do think that maybe for me, I needed an eye opening type thing where it's like, okay, you know, we've, I've shown you this, I've shown you that I've done this for you. I've done that for you. Like, here you are. And without me, you're nothing. And I think I, at that point, I sort of needed a reset of priorities as well. I was getting into this place where, like, I just was so focused on baseball again. Mm -hmm. And um, what it did was it brought me back to, you know, the frailty of life, so to speak. Um, and so it's been an interesting process, a scary process. And it just, it caused me to be more present with my breathing and caused me to be more attuned to my body and it also caused me to just watch my stress and anxiety you know just things that could trigger this i had mm -hmm. to be more aware of that i never thought before yeah it's amazing how god kind of uses those things and you know not only is it 
Hey, you, you need to grow closer to me and I'm in control, but man, he, he opens up these other, opens our eyes to these other things. Like you said, our, our mental awareness, our breathing, what, what is actually important. And I think, you know, overall, I know with, with my heart disease and everything, um, you know, he's shown me how to be a better person, a better leader, a better dad, a better coach, just by dealing kind of with those trials on a daily basis. And, um, I'm glad to hear that you're, you're doing well and, uh, look forward to continuing to follow in your story with that. But, uh, so as you took over as manager in your first season, what were some of the the priorities as you were trying to establish a culture? Uh, what were some of the priorities that you set out to do as a manager? I mean, I think on the surface, we wanted to win a championship, you know, but that's, there's so much under that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think number one was we didn't want a team full of superstars, so to speak. We wanted people that were good baseball players, but we wanted people that were good people. And I felt like if we could find that and if we could prioritize who they are off the field and who they are with, with the team, then it would really help it mesh on the field. So I've just seen success with not the most talented players, but the most talented people, so to speak. Um, yeah, sure. I've seen that work and it worked this year. And I think just placing a priority on the people, you know, both with my coaching staff and with the culture played huge dividends like you know knowing that they were heard and they knew that we cared and they knew that the door was always open it gave them a safe space so that they could do what they could do on the field but know that off of it they were cared for yeah i think that care is so important and and it establishes that trust and you know you i've seen this graph that the navy seals have have done and it talks about being high performance and high trust or low performance low trust but you know obviously everyone wants a high performance, high trust type person, but that's very unrealistic and and finding people who are maybe medium performance or low performance, but have high trust. They're good people. They have good character that can often take your team a lot further than just having a bunch of high performers who don't trust each other. So I think that's a really great perspective. Yeah. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Great perspective that you have um, establishing that. And obviously it's working with what you guys are doing. Um, in the minor leagues, obviously, there's maybe a little bit different of an approach that you would have with the players as opposed to if they were in the big leagues, uh, just but because of the different dynamic, less pay, maybe riding the bus more. Um, they're they're trying to make it. They don't have all the skills that they need to make play in the big leagues yet. So, what do you guys do from a development standpoint and your approach on a daily basis with these guys that you know helps them to come to work with a passion every day? Because I can't imagine it's that glamorous every day. And then also just have the the mindset to be focused on what they need to do and get better to make it where they want to be. Yeah, it's just developmentally focused. It's this idea that you might not be where you want to be, but you're, you're where you need to be. You might not be in the spotlight, but no one in the spotlight got there without this step. Um, it's this idea of like taking pride in what you're doing, knowing your why, you know, mm-hmm. instilling those type of ideas in these guys was huge for them um a lot of them felt like they deserve to be somewhere else or they should be somewhere else or they just haven't been seen yet there's so many different reasons as to why everyone feels like they're in a certain position so my job more than anything else was to remind them that if they take care of business now it'll help them later if they bloom where they're planted so to speak it's going to give them their best now like we try to worry and control the future so much 
that we end up not giving our best here and now. And so my reminders to them revolved around that. And, you know, just this idea that everyone needs progress. Everyone needs development. Like, what is it that you need to work on? Find your why. Why are you doing this? Why did you start this? What fuels you? And everyone's answer is different. Mm. And then we tap into that. And I just found that to be a really effective thing when when you're coaching people that might not be where they want to be or they might not be where they think they need to be. It's tapping into what motivates them, what fuels them, and allowing them the freedom to be passionate about and and to be fueled by their own things. Um, so just keeping it individual rather than cookie cutter. Yeah, I think that's that's so important because I've seen as I coach our guys, you know, sometimes the identity gets wrapped up in being a basketball player. And I'm right. sure your guys, you know, they, they see themselves as baseball players. And if they don't make it to the big leagues or if they don't do what they're supposed to do, sometimes if their identity is wrapped up in that, it doesn't always take them to the right places. So, you know, like you said, your job as a coach is to individualize that and make sure each player is getting inspired with how they need to developing where they need to. And, um, you know, having that, that ability to communicate with your players like that is so powerful as a coach. And I think, you know, you hit it right on the head with the things that your guys doing, uh, so powerful. And, you know, obviously you played and you coached and you're kind of seeing it from both sides now. Um, how do you teach with clarity? How do you communicate with clarity? Cause I know so many times as coaches, you know, we do a lot of talking, right. Um, and we don't always know if our players are, are understanding it, if they're comprehending it, if it's even hitting home with what we're trying to, to say, but how do you really teach with clarity and get your players to buy into what you're teaching? I think number one, they have to know I love them. They need to know that I care, you know, and that's only going to be done by getting on their level, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, understanding who they are, where they came from, um, what their upbringing was like, you know, really getting to know the person rather than just the number on the back of the uniform. Um, and then I think just being truthful always, no matter what, even if it hurts. Um, you know, and when you combine getting to know them on a personal level with them knowing that you're always going to be truthful is sort of a combination to breed that type of idea. Um, I found that to be true. It's what I wished I had all the time when I was playing. And so I said, well, if that's what I wished I had, that's what I'm going to do as a coach. I'm always going to be truthful and I'm always going to let them know that I love them and care about them. And then when you combine that with the idea that I'm not going to talk too much, because then it just becomes noise. I want them to know that when I talk, um, it means something. And sometimes we end up talking so much and giving so many cues and ideas, mechanical adjustments and thought processes that it ends up just really confusing them. You know, that paralysis by analysis type idea. And so saying, I know you, I care about you, I love you. Um, plus this idea of saying I'm always going to be truthful even when it's inconvenient or doesn't necessarily feel good and then you add in that whole other idea of you know listen no matter what um, you know I'm going to teach you that this is what you need rather than it's what you want you know buying into that idea really helps yeah. Do you think that's one reason that you're so passionate about leadership is, you know, you made the comment a little bit ago about you wish that's what you had as a player. And do you feel like that's why you're so passionate about what you do is, is because you see how, how beneficial uh, this leadership development is uh, 
you know, kind of as you go through as being a coach? Yeah. I mean, I'm not worthy of like this title of like leadership, you know, pro or anything like everything that I try to talk about on social media or to my players is something that I went through or something that I wish I had been told, you know? And so having that experience as a player, usually out of failure, not out of my success, is what fuels that. Um, you know, it's easy to teach out of success because you can talk about that really easy. Like, yeah, we won a championship this year. What did we learn? Like, okay, anyone can talk about that. You know, it's when you have a losing season or a season that is forgettable for a number of reasons. Like, what did you take from that? And then can you use that? Can you talk out of that, teach out of that? That's when leadership really shows up and I've just tried to do that throughout my career yeah definitely well I think that is you know so powerful and again I appreciate everything that you shared today um, you've brought some really good uh, nuggets to our attention uh, just things we can do as coaches to not only communicate better with our players but how to love them better how to trust them better why that is so important just being able to uh, to get these guys playing at the best of their ability for for a purpose um, Michael, where can people find you and, and how can they follow you in your program? Um, you can go to, uh, we're, I'm on Twitter personally, um, Michael underscore Schlacht, and that's S-C-H-L-A-C-T. Um, I'm on there. Um, and then my the team I manage is the Missoula Paddleheads, and we're in the Pioneer League. Um, and that website is gopaddleheads.com. And it's a pretty cool thing. That's an awesome team with a wonderful staff. And I'm just lucky to be a part of that organization. So uh, those are the two easiest places to find me. Awesome. Yeah. And I would encourage everyone to go follow Michael because he is, he's a great follow and he's doing a great job. Uh, one of those guys who who's real and, and is just doing it uh, to the best visibility. And, and that's pretty awesome. So Michael, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you.